are still in Colossians, the second chapter. We left off at the eighth verse. Going to the King James Version today, Keisha and John. Good to see you up there. Amen. Colossians 2. Uh, we'll try to get into to the 10th verse. We'll see what happens. The Word of God reads, and do you mind if we just stand as I read the Word? We want to reverence the Word of God. Amen? Amen. All right, the Word of God says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Next verse. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Last verse. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. I want to speak to you today from the title, Complete in Christ. You got that, David? Real simple. Complete in Christ. The believer has everything that they need in Christ Jesus. Amen. We are slowly coming down into or going through these verses and understanding and unpacking the treasure that we have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you've been on this planet for any time, you've experienced this thing that happens, it seems like, to everybody that gets their own place, has an apartment, has a house or whatever have you. Someone knocks on your door, and they try to convince you to buy some product, <laughs> some device that they claim will solve all of your greatest problems and make life easier for you in some way or in some area. Anybody experience that? Is it just me? Amen. Amen. Some amazing way that this product is going to help you. And they normally give the product some special kind of fancy name, like the something-something 2000, you know, which is kind of code words for if you don't buy this project, you're really behind the times. If you don't buy this device, you're behind the times, amen? And they stand at your door trying to convince you in hopes that you will sign some deal or get involved or purchase this uh, device. And in most cases, you end up, if we're totally honest with ourselves, nine times out of ten, we end up with buyer's remorse. Right? They're selling something to us, and the truth is, we never needed it. <laughs> the thing ends up in the garage, taking up space, and you're trying to figure out, why did I even let them in the door? And the next person comes, and they try to sell you something, but this time we're more guarded. You know, they knock on the door, is the owner home? And you either tell them, no, thank you, we're not interested, or you just lie and pretend like you're not there. <laughs> well, here's the truth. I know, we've all done it. God forgive us. <laughs> Satan also tries to give us things that we do not need. Not just in the area of activities or sinful things or things that are forbidden, uh, that are obvious to us, but also in the area of our faith, in the area of what we 
have been told to believe. Hmm. One thing that Satan loves to do is to flood the earth with complications of the gospel. To spread his lies, he will use people who are totally under his control. And hear me when I say this. He will also use Christians who don't realize that they have unknowingly attached his lies to their faith. Both categories can be used to perpetuate false teaching. Amen? So Paul says to this young Colossians church that he's never seen, that he didn't set up, that he has not gotten a chance to shepherd over because he's been in jail for a while. He says, back to verse 8, he says to the Colossians, he says this, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Paul understands and is witnessing that the gospel of Jesus Christ is outrunning the church leaders. Amen? The news is spreading, and people are getting saved, and folks are popping up all over the place, forming churches, and they can't keep up. And in this case, as I said, Paul can't come and visit. He's in jail. But Paul is no novice. He's aware of the enemy's devices, and he knows that wherever faith and sheep are, the wolves are not far behind. Ah, I hope you got that. He's not stupid. So what he does is he writes this letter to this inexperienced young baby church. They didn't get set up by him. They didn't have all the perks of some of the other churches. They just heard the gospel, we believe, and they just started congregating together. And the pastor was like, okay, well, here we go. And so he sends a letter, not to shut them down, but to encourage their hearts. Amen? So now let's just spend a little time defining terms. Stay in verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you. Beware, be on guard. Keep your eyes open. Use discernment. Don't get caught slipping. Beware lest any man spoil you. That word spoil is a very complicated Greek translation, pronunciation. I'm not even going to try. But the word basically means kidnapping or slave dealer. Beware lest any man enslave you. Carry you away into slavery. It's the equivalent of being snatched or kidnapped, like someone, you know, you know, putting you into some forced labor, using you, snatching you away from where you belong. Amen? Through philosophy or vain deceit. Vain deceit, philosophy, which amounts to pointless deception. It's, it's, it's something that makes no sense. Amen? After the tradition of men. After the tradition of men basically means, I'm just defining terms here before we get, uh, start breaking it down. Human myths 
that are far away from deep spiritual knowledge, even though they claim to be. They present, present complicated doctrines that echo back to basic instruction, which we should have left behind years ago after we got saved. You get it? But you don't know about this, though. Hey, watch this YouTube clip. You, you know how it is. Special philosophy, special knowledge, tradition of men, things we should have left long ago. And then it says, it gets further. I love how he's stacking terms so we can kind of understand what's happening here. And I'm going to give some history so you can see what's happening. After the rudiments of the world, philosophy, tradition, myths of men, after the rudiments of this world, the sun, the moon, the wind, the dirt, fire, smoke, chants and spells and potions and, you know, astrological positions and the stars, uh, that kind of stuff. Now, back then at that time, at that time, people were, you know, you got the Gentiles, they didn't have the Word of God, so they were some spooky people. <laughs> It went all kinds of things. You know, if the Lord just leaves you alone, you're going to just believe everything. Just all kinds of craziness. So everybody was, you know, in the, the moon, the stars. Oh, everything was deep and spiritual and mystical and things. So they had these, you know, astrological signs. Astronomy was huge. Uh, it was the queen of sciences in that day. People would take no steps without consulting the stars, you know. People lived their whole lives based on and fixed on whatever the stars seemed to be saying to them. Amen? So if someone was born under a fortunate star, and we know about this, you know, then their lives were supposed to be good and fortunate. However, if your life, if you were born under a bad star, an unfortunate star, then you pretty much should just accept your lot and not look for any happiness. You're cursed. Why? Because you were born in the wrong month, under the wrong star. You get it? Okay. So, you know, zodiac signs. We know about that stuff, right? This is nothing new. This is old stuff that has hung around for years. And the Christians are still, just like they were then, we are still dealing with Zodiac stuff and astrology and mystical, ooh, all that stuff. Okay. So people were slaves of the stars and they were in church <laughs> adding and mixing Zodiac sign stuff in astrology with Jesus. So Paul was like, listen, I understand that where y'all come from, <laughs> but y'all need to cut that craziness out, okay? So, you know, it was basically like this. The message of the false teachers was, and honestly, some of the people that held on to those beliefs, okay, uh, no matter how free Jesus made you, you were still placed under the authority of the stars, so they had this mixture of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but somehow Jesus was subject to the beliefs of whatever 
birth sign or zodiac sign they were born under. Don't act like it's strange. Y'all know some of this stuff. Now, as silly as that sounds right now to some of us who are saved, the truth is, is some of us still deal with that stuff and are encountering that stuff today. And some people in this very room may still hold on to some of those beliefs. We see this today when someone asks a Christian, what sign are you? Uh-oh, am I stepping on some toes here? You throwing away your earth, wind, and fire records now? <laughs> Signs. And the Christian who is a believer will respond, saved, will say, I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> That's my sign. It's like saying that even though I'm saved, Jesus is subject to my sign. Which, of course, the Bible does not teach is true. But that will become a reality to you if you choose to believe that nonsense. Because Jesus will never be accountable to the stars that he made. Think that through. People believe that these zodiac signs, you know, signs kind of speak of information. They kind of point you to something. You know, it kind of points you to, you know, if, you, if I get to a stop sign, a stop sign tells me to stop. So people obey signs, right? So people believe that these zodiac signs place certain character traits that lock individuals into personality types. So, for instance, if you are a Gemini, then no matter how saved you are, you believe that you're just going to be some sometimey flaky, uh, I'm saved, but I'm a sometimey flaky Christian. Why? Because I'm a Gemini. And Gemini's in Jesus, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, you believe that Christ no longer has jurisdiction over your life because your sign dictates that Christ cannot handle your flakiness. Ah, and whatever other sign come along with your sign. So, you know, you know, all Virgos are this way, all Sagittarius are this way, and all, you know, you know how they go. I'm this, and so that just makes me that. That means Jesus has to back up when he sees my sign, and he can't help me with my issue. Are you, you hear what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you stay the way that you are, and you act the way that you act, believing that God can't do nothing about it. And other folks believe it, but you know how they are. What are they? They're Geminis. All Gemini Christians act the same. <laughs> when you mix other stuff up with Jesus, you end up living out lives that are not true. Are you hearing me? Come on, y'all remember. Float, float on. Float on, float on. He was in high school. Float, 
float on. Aquarius. <laughs> I like a woman who understands Aquarius. Y'all remember? Look at, look at that. Donna got her head down. <laughs> Edna going, oh, now you took me back, Pastor. And they were just talking about all kinds of nonsense in that song. Crazy nonsense, unbiblical, no truth, nothing backed up. With just, and people were just believing it. What I need is me. Is I need an Aquarius. Am I preaching? Okay. Foolishness. So when somebody asks you your sign, you ought to tell them my sign is a cross because God delivered you from all that craziness. That's my sign. If I'm going to have a sign, it's going to be the cross of Jesus Christ. I have been delivered from all that foolishness that I used to believe. I'm not mixing Jesus with that nonsense. All right. So here's the other side of this. People didn't realize, because there's always a spiritual component, people. Come on now. This, one of the things I want us to understand when we're dealing with the way we think, there's not a lot of middle ground unless the Bible says there is. Okay? So we can't make middle ground a lot bigger than it actually is. Okay? Here's the, here's the point I'm trying to make to you guys. You know, there's some things that are just non-essentials and God is not tripping off of. But there's some things that he actually talks about. And if you study your word, you'll be like, wait a minute. This is, this, is a, this is an essential doctrine that I need to understand. Okay? Some of this stuff and the people that were thinking this stuff didn't realize that this stuff came from demons. Some translations, stay, with, stay there. Yeah, don't move from here. We're going to be here for a minute. Beware. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world. Rudiments of the world. Some people believe, and, 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 and other translations will say, the elemental spirits of this world. Meaning that there were fallen angels who are now demons that got kicked out of heaven. You know? The ones that got left behind. The ones that, 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 that are no longer in the angelic host. They, they are the ones that are really pushing the lies, okay? So when you agree with this kind of thinking, you're siding with the folks that got kicked out. You're siding with, you're, you're agreeing with the losers. Those demons are going straight to hell, reserved for the lake of fire, and you're like, I'm a Gemini. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are spirits that fail from, into disobedience and are doomed to punishment forever and ever. We don't want to agree with them. Amen? We want the cover to be pulled off so we can know what we're really dealing with here. So here's the application. What foolishness are you believing about yourself? What myth are you attaching to yourself? that says you cannot be delivered from whatever it is. What was passed down from mama and daddy that ain't from the Bible? What stuff did you hear from influential people that got stuck to your life? Erroneous thinking. Jesus can heal you and deliver you from anything. 
We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We don't need that other stuff. We don't believe that other stuff. That stuff is not attached to us. How has this affected your life? What teacher, what coach, what pastor spoke something over your life that you never had to believe? Who knocked on your door and sold you something you never had to have? Are you hearing me? Now here's the point that I want you to take a look at that's most interesting. While all this mysticism and all this belief stuff is going on, you had the scholars, the smart folks, the Gnostics, okay? And the Gnostics came along at this time, and really, I realized it was a bunch of hocus focus. <laughs> but they said, you know, if you want to escape the predicaments that come along with, or the consequences that come along with your birth sign that you were, you know, born into, what you need is special knowledge. <laughs> what you need is you need to know how to get out of the grip of the, 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 the elemental spirits. Okay? You know, the, the angels and the earth and the wind and the fire and the smoke and all that stuff. You want to get out of that. And you want to get out of the, the, the predicament that you're under, you know, just being a Gemini. You follow me? So there's a, way to, there's a way to do that, but it takes special knowledge. You, you, you got to know what I know. That's what they're saying. You have to know this special information that is able to free you from your sign. <laughs> this is interesting, right? You know, you, you got psychics, basically. Okay? Special knowledge, special spells, okay? They were supposedly... Uh, forced to live under this stuff that they believed, and in order to get out of the stuff that you, that, that, you, that you weren't even supposed to be believing, you went to the Gnostics to find out the special information. So through philosophy, see that word right there? Beware lest any man capture you, kidnap you, enslave you through philosophy in vain deceit. The philosophy is the Gnostics had this habit of going around telling people that they had the special teaching that had been given to them by the mouth of Jesus that they heard from Mary, his mother, or Matthew, or Peter. And so they would say, listen, you know, I'm Jesus' cousin, and I heard Jesus talking to his mama one day about the very thing that you need to hear about, and I got special information. So if you listen to me, you can be free. See the devil? <laughs> See the devil? You got folks paying $2,500 to learn how to pray and all kinds of stuff going on right now. Just lies. Just lies. So basically the idea is the Gnostics were saying they had special information that Jesus never told the crowd. Not the disciples, but never told the crowd. And they, evidently Jesus had another special group of friends called the Gnostics. <laughs> And they communicated, he communicated these, this information to the special people who were, key point, smart enough to understand the teaching. So you had to have the special knowledge, and you had to be one of us to even get it. That's the idea. Here's a question for you. What books, self-help books are we reading? 25 steps 
this new formula to a better you? What things are we taking in and believing are true just because somebody got a TV show? Just because somebody wrote a, a bestseller? And we go, you know, well, this is what I need to do. All these extra things that Satan loves to plant, you know, just, you know, subtly to help you become a person who can get out of whatever predicament that you don't want to be in. Are you hearing me? So Paul writes to the Colossians and to us basically this. This is what this means. Be on guard or else someone will come and try to enslave you using doctrinal beliefs which consist of conjecture and unsubstantiated heresy, which amounts to nothing but pointless deception that comes from made-up ideas and myths from human beings that, unbeknownst to those human beings, have their origin in the trickery of demons. That's what that's talking about. And then the last part is, put that back up there. Come on. You're doing all that stuff, and you're following after all that stuff, and not after Christ. And not after Christ. So there it is again. I'd like to sell you something. I'd like to give you something. Is anyone home? Are the owners in? I've got some stuff you don't need. Are you hearing me? Paul is saying to this young church and to us, go to God. Simply believe what he already has told you. And stop going in circles and playing games with your own freedom. Are you hearing me? Some of this stuff is demonic and we don't recognize it. Meaning there are demons behind this teaching. And a lot of us have tried it. A lot of us have identified with it. A lot of us have labeled ourselves some things that are absolutely and totally demonic. Here's the point. Back then and right now and after we leave here, there will always be people who are searching for, looking for fulfillment and completeness. And they will look for it in all kinds of areas. And if they're not careful to be guarded, they will end up following some myths, some philosophy that will lead them to everything and everyone but Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the idea. He floods the market with lies. Okay? Verse 9. Paul's response to all of that foolishness is this. For in him, Christ Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All fullness of the Godhead bodily is in Christ. This statement is a main argument against the Gnostics or any modern-day Gnosticism which comes from or which includes the Jehovah's Witness, Christian science, all that extra stuff, any of those extra religions, they all agree that Jesus was some kind of divine person. 
but they will not cop to the fact that in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. They will never cop to that. They will never say, you know what, in the incarnation, God came to see us. Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God himself with us. Not pieces of God, not parts of God, all of God. Whoa! Within Jesus. I, that, I know that's hard for us to wrap our minds in. You know, that, that, I, you know that's hard for me to kind of put together. Jesus is God. Are you hearing me? Now, if all these other religions were honest, they'd have to say to themselves, well, now, if every part of God, if Jesus is that, that much one with God, then what are we talking about? Why are we stacking all this extra stuff on top of Jesus when the truth is that Jesus is all you need? You got it. So two main points can be extracted from this. Christ is not another deity along with God. God's fullness was dwelling uniquely and supremely in Jesus Christ. Number two, Christ has never been, nor will he ever be, less than God. Amen? He's God all by himself. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Verse 10, and here's the kicker. The full head, the fullness of, of, of the Godhead bodily was dwelling in Christ, and here's the message for us. Ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. All that other stuff, Jesus is on top of it. He created it. It all belonged to him in the first place. Don't need all that other stuff. Are you hearing me? All those lies that all people are telling you that you need to add all that other stuff to Jesus, he's saying, no, you don't need to add any of that stuff to me. I'm God. And you are in me. And that means because I'm complete and full and whole, that means you are complete. This passage pretty much pieces itself, if we can take it in. Not only does the fullness of the deity dwell in Christ, but all believers have been given fullness. We have been made complete through our union with Christ Jesus. The Colossians needed to know and understand that even though all these lies were surrounding them, they lacked nothing outside of Christ. In him, they had everything and everything that they needed for life and salvation, everything for right living, everything for assurance, everything. But what does this completeness mean? Well, it means that there's nothing lacking in the believer's relationship with God. I see people writing that down. That's good. God pours his love God pours his power, amen, into the believers, giving them fullness of life and readying them, preparing them, rather, for the life that is to come. Are you getting it? I love the fact that people are writing this down. That's key. When Satan tries, oh, don't get ahead of yourself, Jamie. Back up. God pours his love and his power into the believer giving them fullness, which means you have everything that you need 
for this Christian life right now, and he's preparing you for the eternal life that you're going to have with him forever and ever later. It, there's nothing lacking. Are you hearing me, saints? Amen. As believers, we have been given, as I said, it's all about relationship. As believers, we have been given, hear me, saints, perfect standing. Wow. With God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This has everything to do with how, with how God feels about you. This has everything to do with whether or not you're okay with God. You have perfect standing. I did not say good standing. Good standing implies that I got to do something to earn it. Or, you know, good standing kind of implies that I better keep this up. Good standing implies I better do something. You know, I, could, I could mess this up somehow. Perfect standing means there's nothing else you need to do. Jesus Christ is taking care of it all. When God sees you, he sees his perfect son. You have perfect standing. There's nothing else you need to do. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to God! We are in that perfect standing, and what needs to happen is we need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give us insight to that perfect standing so that we can rest in our perfect standing. Get it settled in your spirit. You're not searching for acceptance. You're not searching for completeness. It's already happened. Oh! We have forgiveness of all of my sin. Everything I've done, everything I'm doing, everything I ever will do, we have reconciliation with God. Are you hearing me? Well, he did not just forgive me. He's like, no, I want you with me. Ah, saints of God. And we have this new life. We have the power to be like Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit who's living in us. So no, I'm not going to be the way I was yesterday. I'm just continually walking with him and growing with him. And up, right? And I get up and I keep growing and I, I keep growing and I keep going. What am I saying? He's rigged this thing perfectly. There's nothing lacking. Nothing lacking. Hallelujah. Somebody get excited about it. Amen. 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 Spurgeon says it like this. He said, this verse teaches that the believer has everything in Christ everything they need for life and godliness. He says, God gives us good, uh, he gives us completion uh, in every area. And then he says, he says, we are complete without aid of Jewish ceremony. We are complete without help from the philosophy or any philosophy. He says, we are complete without interventions and, and, or inventions rather, or superstitions. We are complete Here's a kicker. This is where we're going next week. Without any human merit. That's the one. And we're going to deal with that next week, but I'm going to hit myself. So here's the thing, saints. Satan loves to distract us in subtle ways. I said it in Bible study. I said if he's going to come against a believer, he's not going to come in a way that's obvious. You know, my dad used to say he does not dress up in a red suit with a tail and a pitchfork. He shows up as a teacher 
philosopher, someone wise, an angel, you know, masquerading as light. That's what he does. Okay? All right? An angel of light. That's what it says, right? Okay, so Satan distracts us in subtle ways. If God gives you everything you need and then some, Satan will always point out what you never needed. In order, you, in order for you to make you feel like something's missing. Are you hearing me? Your flesh will be like, ah. And Satan will be like, see? Okay? He doesn't do this just with obvious sins, like I said before. He does this in the area of, of our relationship with God. Okay? What he's after is your faith. Okay? He does this in our relationship with God. He tries to play games in the area of the believer's assurance. Are you hearing me? So if, if, you're, if you are not in relationship with God, he'll tell you that you don't need one. And if you are in relationship with God, he'll tell you that you're not in one. Are you hearing me? And if you're complete through Christ Jesus, he'll suggest that there's something missing that you need to add to it. So look, Adam and Eve were in the garden, and he gave them everything that they needed in the garden. You had as much as you want, Adam, just take it, it's yours. Just don't touch this. Why? Because you don't need that. You never will need that. This is not something you will ever have to have in your entire life from now all the way through eternity. You know, you and your wife never need to experience this. Just stay where I told you to stay and have everything else that you want. And God basically told Adam, I've given it all to you. I've left nothing out. My garden, I wouldn't make this garden and have it be incomplete. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you can go on all the way into eternity and never have to touch any of this other stuff. I just want you to have all of this. Just don't touch what I have forbidden. Why? Are you hiding something from me, God? No. It's just not good for you. You don't need it. Then here comes Satan. You know why God doesn't want you to have. He's keeping something from you. He's lying to you. You'll be like you already were. I mean, you'll be like God. <laughs> you catch that? <laughs> you'll be like God. Uh, what, you need to go on, what you need to do is you need to go on over here and take some of this fruit. That's what you need to do. The sin in us, naturally, always thinks we have to have something more. Have you noticed that? You can buy a Mercedes today, and tomorrow you'll be like, you know, uh, this... You know, you know how we lie? We go to a, a nice party and somebody will tell you, girl, you look nice. This whole thing, you just bought it. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> Give me more. The sin in us always we, has us thinking that we got to get something that we shouldn't have. You know, it's, it's, it's not good enough, so we need more. Because we determine in our simple minds, our finite, no-calculating selves, <laughs> we determine that something is missing. So we look for other truth. We look for things to attach it to our lives, and we're still not satisfied. We're still not resting. And we end up trying a bunch of stuff that people tell us, and we end up wearing ourselves out. 
Are you hearing me? What we need to do is, I'll say it again, we need to ask God to help us get it through our heads and into our hearts and get us to a place, God, where we rest and trust in what you've already done. Are you hearing me? So Colossians 2 and 6 uh, says this. Colossians 2 and 6, say in the King James. Colossians 2 and 6. Just backing up just a couple of verses. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Amen? And then it says, give me, give me, a, give me seven. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, past tense, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Rooted and grounded in Christ is the goal. Not rooted and grounded in accomplishments, spiritual experiences, huh? going from Bible study to Bible study, teacher to teacher, church to church, not being moved by progress or momentum, okay? Not being, you know, tossed to and fro by whatever new thing comes, that, 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 that new thing that comes along. Some people have a hard time. See, the truth is, is we get unsettled. So we give the enemy a whole lot to work with. Why? Because we have a hard time getting settled because we don't appreciate the process of being rooted. Being rooted is a slow process, saints. So what happens is I need to run over to this teacher. I need to run over to that teacher. I need to get some new understanding. I need to get this. I'm, I'm, I'm bored with you, Jesus. I'm bored with the level that I'm on right now. Let me give you this quote that really blessed me. This messed me up. They said, some Christians try to live from one dramatic mountain experience to another. Their relationship with the Lord is based on their feelings at the moment. They go from Bible conferences to seminars to Bible studies, trying to maintain an emotional high or an intellectual high. Are you hearing me? Chris Davis says this, referring to his early Christian life. This is before he, you know, before he caught this. He said, I felt that if something was spectacular, if something spectacular wasn't transpiring, then he felt like my faith was weakening. Isn't that interesting? And here's the point. He said, as a result, I missed a lot or I missed most of what was happening and what was going on in the valleys, trying so hard to get back to the mountaintop. Whoa. He goes on to say this. What's an effective antidote for the feelings or the intellectual high-based faith? He said, according to the Apostle Paul in Colossians 2, it's being centered in Christ. That's the answer. Rooted and grounded. Having received Christ by faith, we are instructed to continue in knowledge of him, amen, by faith, as it says in Colossians 2, 6. And then he says, through both the highs and the lows of life, we are depending on Christ and trusting in Christ. By walking in close fellowship with him each day, 
we become rooted and built up and established in the faith. We grow steadily into maturity as we focus on Christ and what he has done for us and not our emotions or our search for intellectual highs. He said mountaintop experiences can be beneficial, but nothing is more profitable than an ongoing Christ-centered life of faith. Walk, I mean, he said with faith in Christ, we walk each day, accepting all that comes our way. So let us view each task at hand as being in his divine command. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying when you are rooted and grounded, you won't just jump all over from place to place, from teacher to teacher, to theology to theology, (laughs) to mysticism on Christianity, all this stuff. You won't jump from place to place trying to be satisfied. You already are satisfied. Perfect environments are not the goal. Being settled in Christ is the goal. And if God desires to teach you something right where you are in the valley, be grateful for that valley because you don't want to miss the lessons in the valley trying so hard to get back to the mountain. That's how Satan comes in and says, I got something new for you. Do you have the something, something 2000? And the truth is, is you're dissatisfied where you are. You got an itchy spirit. <laughs> I just got to try. I got to, got, this ain't moving enough. I need something else. So what he says basically is that's a way that Satan tricks you into false doctrine. He throws out the carrot stick because you're not rooted and grounded and settled. You don't trust God right where you are. So you're looking for everything else. Oh, God, help me. Okay. Ephesians 4, 14. Ephesians 4, 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. There it is right there. And cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Be careful, okay? You discern it. Romans 16, 17. Now I beseech you, Romans 16, 17. I just want you to see it. Romans, okay, there you go. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned already and avoid them. Okay? Be careful. There are people that have little slants. You know, I said to myself, you know, back in the day, I used to watch the Cosby Show. And the Cosby Show, you know, some people have issues right now because of what happened with Bill. But the bottom line is, before all that happened, we loved the Cosby Show. And there were a million spinoffs of that show. And we just didn't need all the spinoffs, did we? When you really think about it, the Cosby Show was just better than the different world and all the other stuff. You know, it was just simpler. It was like, you know, this is, we already got what we need. They're just milking it for all it's worth. But going into other areas, expanding it. Didn't need all that. Just give me Bill and Phyllis. I mean, come on now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. Wow. 
I would love to go into that, but the spirit is like, mm, not yet. As the serpent, that's that word though, beguiled, took captive. Took captive. You gotta watch that Eve spirit. Okay? As the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtly. You see it? So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He's saying it's not that complicated, saints. <laughs> and what the Satan says, Satan says, do you have, is anybody home? Are the owners here? <laughs> do you have the something, something 2,000, though? You need, you need that. You ain't up on this? You, you're not up on adding all this other stuff to Jesus? If Jesus says we need it, then we take it. If it's some other extra stuff, we don't need it. Why? Because here's the truth. When he saved you, he made a statement. He said, it's finished. Okay? When you receive Christ, he said, it's finished. Which means that you and I, as believers, by faith, we are complete in him. Lacking nothing. Our relationship is secure. I don't have to do a bunch of all this other stuff. That doesn't mean I don't grow in Christ. Amen? That doesn't mean I don't grow in what I've already learned. There's enough depth there. But if you're not holding on to grace alone through, by faith alone, something's not right. If you're getting into all this other stuff, something's not right. Be very, very careful. Because what they will do is they will add to it using Scripture. To pull you away from the simplicity that is in, I didn't make that up. That's in Christ. Are you hearing me? How many complete folks we got in here today? Amen? You are complete in Christ. I'm through. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.